sports talk that's so legit, it smells like beer and chicken wings. I mean, can't you smell it? I'm smelling barbecue, too. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show on a Thursday, Cinco de Mayo. And now we welcome into the show, I call her the uh, sports chameleon. She is the sideline reporter for Tulane football, fill-in host at ESPN 100.3 in New Orleans, writer for the Saints Wire, student over at the Scout Academy, color analyst for Varsity Sports Network, Louisiana, and more. She does it all. Maddie Hudak joins us now. Good morning, Maddie. How's life? How are you? Good morning. I uh, thank you for the term sports chameleon. I think I will keep that in my arsenal in the near future for when people ask what I do. Yeah, I mean, I you, don't know how to answer them. Kind of how you have to do it in this business. But I was, I was, I was promoting earlier that you'd be on before James had to leave, and he's like, "Wait, Maddie does all that." I'm like, "Yeah, she's a sports chameleon," and he's like, "Man, she really is." So I guess, I guess it's stuck now. It's yours, but you earned it. All right. It. Well, finally, Good. approval. <laughs> Um, so, uh, non-sports question, James was wearing a shirt earlier, uh, that had Dwight from the office on it. And then of course he got mad whenever I told him I, I, I kind of missed out on the office. I'm not proud yeah. of it. Like I, I kind of wish I had seen them all. And I, I, and I, I, I'm like, look, I know what I'm about to say is really kind of lame, but I did see the British office, but I didn't see the American one. And I know how, like, I know that sounds lame. Like I want to watch it. I just, I don't have the time now and all this stuff. Maybe one day was there something that like Maddie you missed out on and and when you would tell someone they'd go the what you never what whether it music show movie whatever yeah so I almost have this mental block where that applies to a lot of shows that I watch that I haven't watched for some reason when they become these really really hyped things it makes me want to not watch them okay uh, I was going to say Breaking Bad because that was really the first one on my list I finally started to watch it but. The one that is like the ultimate argument with people is Game of Thrones. I've tried it three times, and I simply cannot follow along with eight uh, concurrent storylines. I had to Google recaps every single time I read an episode, and I still didn't get it. And I've only gotten through episode four three times now. So unless I, you know, get some surgery where I am for some reason, bedridden for a long time and might try it again. That's really the know. one that gets people going. I feel like you'd probably go a different route. Well, like, at this point, you tried it. It's not like, it's not even like you missed out on it. You're like, I'm just not into it. You know what I mean? Like, you gave it I a just, shot. I can't, I can't get in. I, I honestly, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. All right. So like, and I, I sat with people that like yeah. have watched it and they've explained every scene. And yeah. I'm like, this is not TV for me. This is an assignment at this point. I, I enjoyed it. I did watch it episodically. I didn't like binge it, right? But watching it episodically, which I don't know if it's a word in the dictionary, but it should be. I like there were times where I'd get into a new season and I'd have, I mean, and I liked the show. Like I really enjoyed it. I'd be like, yeah. Okay, wait, who's who's this again? Like, let me, all right, let me, let me go to, let me go look at the 
the world and HBO.com. Let me figure it out. Like I did have to do a little homework because I didn't read the books. And then it, anyway, but I, I did enjoy it. I admit it. But I, I, I'm not going to be one of those people that are like, Maddie, what get to a TV now? You know, like everybody. Yeah, and some people don't even, res- they're like, oh, you didn't even try it. I'm like, no, I absolutely, absolutely gave this a go. Because that's, that's four hours of, again, 35 storylines yeah. at that point. And I simply like to check out most of the time when I'm watching TV and not have to keep a notebook. I understand. Uh, yeah, like uh, True Detective season one, great. Season two, awful. That's another one. Awful. That's another one that I really want to watch and keep forgetting about. Right. Season one and three are worth it. If you decide to do it, don't even worry about season two. I mean it. Like, I'll, uh-huh. I'm, I'm doing you a favor. Just, don't even, just It's like, might as well not even exist. And uh, you can thank <laughs> me later. Um, all right, we're bringing you on. Uh, at Matty Hudak underscore 94 on Twitter for those that... Haven't followed her yet. You need to go do it. She's almost up there at 7,000. Tyron Matthew, we'll work kind of backwards, and I'll get your thoughts on the draft. Do you feel like, Maddie, maybe this thing had been kind of sealed, not signed, but sealed and delivered a few weeks ago, and they were just waiting for the 3 p.m., you know, compensatory pick deal to just finally announce it, or do you feel like this came together after the draft? feel kind of like it's been in the works for a while, right? I mean, we got that, you know, mildly hilarious photo of Michael Parenton, the pro personnel director, you know, walking into the Saints facility with Tyron Matthew. Um, and, you know, he spent quite a bit of time. I know he's gone to a lot of uh, stuff at LSU football and has generally kind of been around this city. And then you kind of look at, you know, safety was a really big need going into the draft. Um, I, you know, I exhaustingly talked about that. And then, you know, they make that trade for Olave, and you quickly realize they have about one shot to hit on any other position of need at this point because they're not picking again until round five. And some, you know, did they miss out on Jaquan Brisker at 48? Who's to say? I think that there's a lot to unpack and who they did get at 49 uh, in Alante Taylor, but it felt like, the gas pedal wasn't on in terms of trying to acquire a safety in the draft. And so for that reason, as it also really makes me believe like this was kind of in the works and it let them relax a little bit at that position. Um, and then a hundred percent, you know, that's, that's the classic saints is waiting until it doesn't count against something, uh, which I think a lot of teams could learn from looking at the saints approaching, you know, post June first cuts and things like that. And, I think that that probably was all but, you know, a guarantee at this point. But, you know, going into the draft, people were asking, they don't need a safety, they're going to sign Tyron Matthew. And, you know, that at that point wasn't a total guarantee. Another team could offer more money. But in, in hindsight, it, it does seem like it, it was all but then done. And clearly to, you know, the you know, literal joy of Saints fans at this point. I don't think they've ever really, you know, gotten that hometown signing that they really wanted. And Tyron Matthew was really the perfect guy for that. Yeah, as far as homecomings go, um, unless this thing just knock on wood backfires, whether it be a health reason or whatever, uh, it's it's setting up to be, you know, the the I guess the most notable and best homecoming in the history of the franchise. And, and you've had some before. Don't get me wrong. You've had some locals that have played on the team. 
Uh, you know, Michael Mowdy several years ago, it was cool when he blocked a punt and was like, man, I was in the dome back when Gleason did it. And But no disrespect to Michael Mowdy. I mean, this is Tyron Matthew and Tyron Matthew who played at LSU and Tyron Matthew who I've said, Maddie, all of the, the, the homecoming aspect of it, you know, being from New Orleans, the LSU aspect of it, all that, that's icing on a cake, but a cake that is 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 thick and delicious because the, the icing's fun and, and great, but the cake itself is the fit here. You know, I love the the deep dive you did on safety prospects. I know safeties have been on your mind, and I read it back uh, on uh, com. From a fit standpoint, as somebody like yourself that watches the film and is getting into it, how good of a fit is Tyron Matthew with the Saints? Well, he kind of exactly fits, you know, what, what that vision was by Dennis Allen. You know, I think um, a lot of the time coaches, if you listen to what they're saying, they're, they're telling you quite a bit. And, you know, at the owner's meeting back in, I believe, March, one of Dennis Allen's comments was that, you know, in a perfect world, he kind of saw two players back there with interchangeable skill sets. And I do just think the unfolding of, the safety position this offseason has really been, you know, uh, kind of a fascinating subplot, if you will. The focus has been on, you know, quarterback at first and then wide receiver and tackle. But I, I thought that those comments were really interesting um, because people, you know, think, oh, well, they'll just replace Marcus Williams. To me, it's just as hard to find a true free safety with that range uh, than it is to find, you know, two kind of complementary players. And so, you know, when Marcus Williams retired, that's when Marcus May was signed. And I think people almost, you know, incorrectly put him at that role just because at that time Malcolm Jenkins was still there. And then Malcolm Jenkins quickly retires. Then you realize Marcus May kind of makes more of a fit as Malcolm Jenkins, you know, type of counterpart. And Malcolm Jenkins did play, you know, in a split two-back set a lot more in Philadelphia. Uh, they just, you know, in New Orleans had a very defined free safety in Marcus Williams. And so moving him back in that strong safety role made sense. But to me, Marcus May isn't really, you know, either of those roles enough. And I would say he's probably more of a strong safety, even though he can play free. And so looking at who they had signed there and the fact that both starters were gone. So you have to really consider, you know, who are those two starting guys? Certainly can't be Justin Evans, who's only played 24 NFL games. And I've never really been in the school of thought of moving P.J. Williams or C.J. Gardner-Johnson back to that role because they have carved out roles for them where they do such better things. And that's really what, you know, the Saints defense, you know, renaissance has been is not putting players in boxes and kind of doing, you know, what does this player do best? How can we utilize that? And so looking at all of that, looking at the versatility Tyron Matthew offers, that he can play a little back in coverage, but he can also play in the box. It really does fit that vision opposite Marcus May, and that it also allows all of those other chess pieces, if you will, to, you know, again, stay in those places where they at this point have thrived best and just give them a lot of versatility to work with, but also that immediate, you know, leadership they lose with Malcolm Jenkins. And I know that they've touted Marcus May's leadership, but, you just think of someone like Tyron Matthew when you think of a locker room guy and a guy that's going to help, you know, with Demario Davis and, and those guys back there, you know, really keep that, that veteran leadership and, and energy up at all times. 
Matty Hudak, our guest. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports, at Matty Hudak. That's H-U-D-A-K. Matty Hudak underscore 9-4 on Twitter. She's got the blue check mark. I'll give her a follow. Check out all the work and content she puts out there. Matty, in regards to the draft, I'm I'm probably not the most fun guy to talk to when it comes to the draft because <laughs> I, I always say, like, I just think draft grades are dumb because we don't really remember them. And it, grade, yeah. grades are something that in sports – they're always given out right after a draft, right after a trade. And it's like, you should probably give grades out after a game. But <laughs> the, no one really, you know, people just want to talk about the game. And unless you, like, have a historically awful grade on a great draft and then it pops up on social media years later, I think Bleacher Report gave the Seahawks 2012 uh, draft an, an F. They hated Irvin. They hated Wagner. And they called Russell Wilson the worst pick in the entire draft. Then it was floating on social media. And I had a chuckle. But, like, that's one of probably a thousand grades. And unless you're, like, historically bad, no one really remembers what you gave a grade for. So I guess I want to go a different route. And, and I don't know that anyone will remember this other than me, Maddie. And if it works out great, I'm going to remind everyone. And if it doesn't, I'll just I'll keep quiet on it. But my question to you is... <laughs> Between the two first-round picks, which one in your mind do you think will make a bigger impact in year one? Hmm, that, that is a hard one because, you know, when, when you consider wide receiver position versus tackle, there's only one, you know, tackle out there at all times. And at this point, the Saints don't have a starting one. So, the you know, a kind of more obvious answer to me is Trevor Penning. That being said... Could they make it work with their, you know, depth chart at O-line? I mean, probably, you know, to the ire of Jameis Winston, who would be, you know, more likely running for his life uh, quite often again. But when you saw that last year, another component of that was he had no one open to throw to. Yeah. And those, even if they were open, you could throw a ball right at a receiver, and it was like the Kansas City Chiefs in their Super Bowl loss where they would get a hit in the face by the ball and, and, and just drop it. I mean, you know, it, it, it's kind of unbelievable to look back at the fact that Kenny Stills and Kevin White were, you know, the starting options last year. And I understand, you know, how that room suffered as a result of the cornerback prioritization that I think a lot of people forget about the fact that Marshawn Lattimore at that point, you know, his, he had been arrested that offseason and that hadn't all been settled yet. And no one was sure if the NFL was going to give any disciplinary, you know, action because their disciplinary action can, you know, pretty much have any justification. Uh, and then Ken Crawley gets hurt. <clears throat> Patrick Robinson retires and Paulson Adebo in hindsight at the time, there really weren't any expectations that he would be able to start right away and, and be such a player that he was. And, uh, did they get lucky? I think the Saints are really good at scouting secondary players, but I think that's kind of what happened last year is those are the two needs. They prioritized cornerback, but if you want, you know, Jameis Winston to be able to succeed and, and build himself behind this offense, he's kind of used to the duress situation, but having someone like Olave come back with Michael Thomas, you know, they're both precise route runners. Michael Thomas is open relatively quickly because of his ability to quickly separate. And so if Winston can cultivate chemistry with those two guys and start to get the ball out quickly, that was one of Drew Brees' greatest strengths, was being able to read the field and get the ball out really quickly. And so when I just think of really where 
everything kind of went wrong last year, I have more confidence at this point in the guys that did kind of grind it out on that line last year um, and them kind of being able to make that work more than I think they can with, even if just Michael Thomas is out there at this point, you know, that I found it interesting that, you know, the team is kind of leaning towards Jordan Davis uh, and and like, you know, Pete Carmichael finally pounded the table was like, no, please give us an offensive player. So I think, I think Olave just has that, you know, kind of star, uh, impact power on uh, so that that's who I'd go with and I would just like to say I agree with you on the whole overreactions to draft pick things and how stupid grading is considering you know not to get all nerdy but it's not like there's some standardized scale there's not. some criteria you know every single person has a completely different reasoning for it and for some reason it's rarely that they grade the Saints well on draft night and you know, people that don't necessarily know who the the picks are. I also think that we have very short memory and that that exact same thing happened last year with Pete Werner and to an extent, Paulson Nadevo. So I would always recommend exercising restraint as a Saints fan, uh, especially when you really got who you wanted in the first round. Yeah, I think, and if you, if you are a Saints fan, you could probably dig deep enough and find, you know, a site that had a good grade. Um, but that's not what most fan bases do. They go and find the ones that give a bad one and they get mad and they tweet about it. And <clears throat> you know what? It's, it's, it's sometimes it's funny interaction. I love the passion. I just, I just feel like it's all wasted energy in my mind. Like, let's just wait and see guys, you know, talk to scouts, get some, I'm not saying like, don't get Intel on the players or learn about the new players. I'm just saying, let's not grade them as pros yet. We, they haven't, they haven't stepped foot on it. Um, you know, uh, nicknames, I don't know if Penning has one. I think Hello Nasty would be a good one or Big Nasty, everything I've read about him. And mm-hmm. I'm a little partial to Hello Nasty because it's the title of one of the greatest albums ever. But uh, Alave, I've heard, you know, Alave Guard and stuff like that, which leads me to my non-sports question as we wrap this up, Maddie. Where are you at with olives? Like, you like olives, dislike them? I mean, where, where are you <laughs> at with olives, you know? Not ready for that to be the follow-up. Um <laughs> I'm a big olive guy, uh, except Kalamata olives. I don't really like them that much, but green olives, yes. black olives. Mm. Uh, I, I've always been an olive person. I used to have black olives on my pizza. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm team olive Just and Olave. See, see, that <laughs> somewhere subconsciously, that's what led you to pick Chris Olave in the answer to my last question. You don't realize it yet, but... This is the kind of work we do on this show. Subconscious. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Psychology. I with, think, uh, yeah. I don't know. Is there a food called pinning or a, or a drink? I don't think so. I mean, so. penne, pasta. Oh, well, so you got me there. See, now I'm kind of leaning That's not really. No, no. That's penne, yeah. <laughs> it's not anything like That's like, like the it. noodle. That's yeah. the exact opposite of the nickname. Mm-hmm. You'd want You'd want an uncooked penne, I suppose, as opposed to an al dente one some nasty on the line. Ones. Just some nasty <laughs> ones that want to offend you. That's that's the Trevor Penne. If he, if he plays good, I feel like... You know, some of those Italian, like Irene's or something, used to come up with a, a Trevor Panay dish. Uh, although they're yes. bit, they're a bit too fancy for that. They probably wouldn't do it. But whatever. Um, olives, I, I'm not, I don't like the black olives. Green olives are fine in a salad. I really like it when, you know, I, I don't, I just, I'm kind of a beer guy. My wife likes a, a martini or a drink every now and then, not as much as we were younger. But she nope. always, she has the olives in it that have like the, maybe the blue cheese in it. 
And after it's just been like soaking in vermouth or something, I'm I'm down for it. I like it. So not as in on olives as you, but in the right environment, I, I dig it. See, I'm not a martini person, and I'm not a blue cheese person because I was at a buffet-style restaurant as a child. I didn't know that you don't just simply eat chunks of blue cheese mm. as you would normal ones. So, yeah, that that really is a, a, a irrationally vivid memory at the local Fresh Choice in California when I was a kid stuffing an entire piece of blue cheese in my mouth and, and quite frankly, never recovering. So that's... It's why I enjoy interviewing you, Maddie. You know, you never know where we're going to go, but you're always game to go there. And I really appreciate it. Because, you know, sometimes I'll bring on an analyst or a guest and they're like, the hell is wrong with this guy? You know, but you get it. Let's just roll with it. Olives, panay, pasta. How did we get here? I don't know, but I'm glad we did. Always. And I love olives and pasta, so I certainly won't turn down those discussions. There you go. Maddie Hudak, guys, give her a follow uh, at Maddie Hudak, H-U-D-A-K, Maddie Hudak underscore nine four. Uh, she is the uh, sports chameleon. Uh, you hear her filling in from time to time over on ESPN 100.3. You guys know Gus and the crew over there. Uh, writer for the Saints Wire, uh, saintswire.usa.com. She is uh, doing her thing with the Scout Academy. Um, taking out, uh, you know, uh, next generation of football evaluators. That's what they're developing. Color analyst for Varsity Sports uh, Network in Louisiana. Sideline reporter for the Tulane Green Wave. She got a little shout-out on, what is it, Big Boomer? What I, I forget the name of that crew. Oh, but yeah, the sports. There you go. Um, and, and a whole lot more. Uh, Saintswire.usatoday.com, but check out her writing. It's great stuff. Maddie, always appreciate you coming on and, Next time, maybe James won't bail on you, and he'll just stick around for our convo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let him know that uh, he, he's on the uh, owing us one scale. For sure. for sure. I mean, what is this guy? He gets, he's a state trooper. He gets called to some work emergency. Oh, Aren't we more important trooper? than that? He is. He is a state trooper. Isn't that something? Oh, my. <laughs> and he takes his time oh. to hang out with us, nonetheless. That's what how much onion. he enjoys players, it. James. That's it. Oh, let's not give him that much credit. Now, see... <laughs> Now you want me to start talking about onions. That's for next time. Next time. We covered okay. olives, I, onions I have a lot of time. opinions on that as well. So I, I do, too. Perfect. I do, too. Don't, don't, uh, <laughs> don't. All right. I, I got to wrap it up. We're going to get out of hand. Maddie Hudak. Maddie, okay. appreciate it. All the best. Have a great one. Thanks, Scott. You, you got it. That is Maddie Hudak, as always. Fantastic <laughs> stuff from her. She is a tremendous